Welcome to Know Your Money, where we will explore our relationship with money and how the psychology of it impacts our financial decisions, as everyone thinks about money differently. In our podcast, we'll be presenting a variety of financial topics in an easy-to-understand way, which we hope will assist you with managing your money. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Know Your Money. Hello, Craig. Hello, Warren. How are you guys today? Well, good, Brian. Good to see you, Warren. How are you doing? I'm good, guys. Uh, lovely to see you. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Never a chore. <laughs> Not one time. Absolutely. So today's podcast, we just wanted to unpack um, a little bit about late joiner penalties, which is linked to your medical aid. Like, why do you have to pay more if you've joined later? And then just an explanation of what sort of waiting periods you can expect. I think it's quite important. Uh, Craig, do you want to start off maybe? Yeah, I think people get surprised when they join a medical aid. They might have traveled or they might not have had a medical aid for many years because they couldn't afford it. They're getting later on in life and they say, oh, good, I'm going to have a join a medical aid. Now, why is that medical aid fining me for joining late? Yeah. And I think that's a, quite, a, quite a shock because the, the, the late join a penalty percentage-wise of what you're paying came between 5 and 75% of your premiums. Yeah. And that never goes away. Once you join and they apply that penalty, it's for the rest of your life. Yeah. And heavy. it can actually get worse if you go off a medical aid again and you add some more years of no cover. Yeah. And the reason they do it is because they charge like the normal person a thousand rand, for example. They... If they charge a person that hasn't been on for a long time, that person hasn't been adding to the pool of those funds that can help fund it. So they kind of add an additional amount on it because they can't not give people medical aid. So they have to add a late joiner penalty on it. Can you be denied medical aid? No, you can't. As, legally speaking. Yeah, they're, they're just late, as, as Brian said, late join a penalty and then yeah. their waiting periods, yeah. which we'll talk about in the next segment. Yeah. So this uh, penalty, just so I understand, it's not a once-off payment, it's part of your monthly. Correct, yes. every single month. Yeah. Right, okay. So it's similar to if you start saving for your retirement, the, the younger you save, go back to the snowball down the mountain, the less you have to put away initially, but you're saving for a long period of time. So that pool of money is a large pool when you retire. Similar scenario, when you come in late for a medical aid, you haven't saved for that early years. So the later the year, the later people are probably going to get sick and they're going to, they're going to use it more. So the younger people are going to subsidize it. So you need to make sure the medical aids are sustainable for the future. So you charge for the, all the members. For everybody. So you charge the late joiners more because they haven't paid for all those years going back. Makes sense. It does, yeah, yeah. hundred percent, okay. yeah. Um and then I think obviously you're going to have to talk to an advisor of what your late joiner penalty will be, but we can give you a rough idea of of how it basically works. There is a formula and it would be your age minus 35 plus however many years you've been on a medical aid. So do you want to explain that? Yeah, so a let's say more you're 60 years old and you joined a medical aid and you were you left at 45, for example. So you're 35, or let's say 40. So 35 plus 5 takes you to 40 years. So you were, your membership on a medical aid, they can use is 40. 
but now you're 60 and you haven't had medical aid for 20 years. So 60 minus 40 is 20. So you haven't had medical aid for 20 years. Now there's a scale that goes from 0 to 75%. And in the 20 years of not having a medical aid, you fall into the 50% late joiner penalty. So therefore, whatever your medical aid was costing you per month, you must add on another 50%. Example, just a thousand rand for a person under the age of 35, you as the late joiner will pay 1,500 rand a month and that doesn't fall away. So anyone under the age of 35, no late joiner penalties apply to them. But as soon as you are older than 35, you need to be aware that every year that you're not on a medical aid, you will have a late joiner penalty. Well, that's, that, that's good for me. I joined medical aid at the age of 30. Yeah, so then it's not going to apply to you. But, for example, if you go off a medical aid now for, say, five years after the age of 35, you would go into the 5 to 14 years that you didn't have it, and that would be 25%. Right, okay. So if you tour for the next 20 years and don't have a medical aid in South Africa... And that's always a problem because the overseas medical aids, like the National House in, in the UK, they don't get recognised in South Africa. Mm. So you come back here and you've had 20 years of broken service, you're going to pay a late joiner penalty depending on, and that band would be 50%. And you could get a band as much as 75%. So that's quite interesting for those who emigrate. Um, if they have any plans of coming back to South Africa, yeah. um, it's probably a good idea to uh, continue with your medical aid. That's that's problems because yeah some com- some well I don't think most companies will look off will still cover you overseas so you got to be yeah there's check a ninety that. days you um, check that, out, so. that you can be out of the country and then you'd have to come back in for you to be covered again right so it could be problematic if somebody say um, you know my wife's brother. Um, I know he's under the threshold for age, but if he was to be over the threshold, went to England for 10 years for career purposes and then came back, um, he would be part of this um, potential... Um, Late joiner, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the only other side of it is that you haven't paid medical aid for 10 years anyway. So to pay that late joiner is not so bad if you do the, the As long as you put the maths. money away. Yeah, if you do the maths completely, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not... But it's assuming that you've actually been smart enough to then save what you would have been putting into medical aid. Or just be wary of what you're going to. And and the reason is, is it does help everybody else. You know, the youngsters that are on there paying the thousand rand every month that aren't claiming are potentially subsidizing some of the older people on the medical aid. And that's how the medical aid stays sustainable in a way. And a lot of them still haven't even stayed sustainable and had to fall away with the late joiner penalty. So it's not against you. It's just to make sure that the companies can try continue. Look, the upside is that at least doesn't matter how old you are. If you wait until you are 70 years, 70 years old and you decide to purchase a medical aid, you've never been on one, you can still get one. Yeah, You're just going to pay 75% more than everybody else. And that's right because you should have been paying for the last 50 years, which you didn't. And I think that ties into the next point. So, for example, that that 70-year-old, you can, but then there are going to be waiting periods. And there's waiting periods when anyone sort of joins a medical aid. And that's also something to be conscious of. I've had a few clients, you know, all of a sudden they're sick and they want to be on the medical aid now straight away. And you can, but there are waiting periods. And also if you are sick... 
you have to get on it as quick as possible to ride out those waiting periods so that you can actually get paid. So a waiting period means you are a member, but you don't get all the benefits until a certain time. Yes, and you have to pay the premiums. Right. Okay, so for example, somebody who has got cancer, has just been diagnosed, but then they didn't have medical aid. So they would ha- obviously have to um, let the medical aid know they have cancer. Oh, yes. yes. Um, and then the medical aid would potentially turn around and go, well, we'll start covering you, but only once this time has has gone past. Yes, and these are the waiting periods. you want to maybe yeah, say Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Well, you have a three-month general waiting period normally to join, so you pay for three months and you don't get all the cover as you say but you get the prescribed minimum benefit so the PMB so every medical aid has to adhere to no matter what happens to you there's minimum requirements that they have to pay out so you will get covered under that on the three month waiting period it stops people uh, changing medical aid for an operation you know I'm going to get yeah. a better cover somewhere else and I'll, I'll just jump from one to the other. Yeah. And just everyone gets a three-month three waiting months, period, yeah. not even if you have cancer. So if you're a healthy person... Just regardless. You, yes. Well, it's, it's, only uh, companies may not have that. If you join a big company, they yeah, might have a different them, underwriting yeah. concessions for that. But individually, you will have a three-month waiting period. Yeah. And then the, the example you brought up, worrying about somebody who might have cancer, they would apply a 12-month waiting period on cancer. So right. you cover, you pay your premiums, you cover it for everything else, car accidents, etc., etc. However, if you had a cancer relapse, you would not be covered. And only after the 12-month period is, has passed, after you've had your medical aid. Right. Okay. So uh, with regard, sorry, just so uh, the listeners can understand, um, if you are in a three-month waiting period, as you've joined, are you covered in this PNB for, say, a car accident? Yes. Yes, it will be. So that will be the minimum benefit. Yes, you will be covered. And I mean, I think it's such a good point to note, like that 12-month condition-specific waiting period. You know, some people are on a medical aid and they're feeling frustrated with it, but they've got diabetes, for example. If you now swap medical aids, you would have a 12-month waiting period on diabetes. So it's really important to get proper advice if you should switch or shouldn't switch, is it better for you, isn't it? And, and uh, with regards to like some people, you know, as you get older, you probably want to go up a, a, st- a state on your medical aid, um, your platform. So, you know, when you're young, you're sort of on the hospital plan only. Um, but as you get older, you go, well, I'm not as invincible as I used to be and I want to plan for the future. So you need to bear in mind that even once you change it, you still have to wait a certain amount of time. And mm-hmm. upgrades also only apply um, once a year. So but with- you can upgrade. Yes, but only in December, in December, in January. So there won't be a waiting period on the upgrade. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So that's pretty Once good. Once you've been a member of the medical aid and all those waiting periods have fallen behind, you can upgrade to another plan within your own medical aid. So, for example, in Discovery's yes. suite of offering, you yes. can upgrade. Oh, okay. And then there's but no only waiting once period, a year. but you can only do it in their time frame. Yes. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Now, the last two years, I think it was, there was um, – Two times in the year that you could upgrade, but that was because of COVID. But generally, it's only once that you can upgrade. And again, like what Craig was saying too, that's because sometimes people upgrade because they want to now be on the better plan because they have to go for an operation. So they limit the amount of times. And then just on that downgrade, you can do at any point. But the, the thing to be mindful of is if you do downgrade and you've used up your medical aid savings, you may have to pay that back. Oh, okay. So another very important point, a lot of um, children say, well, my parents uh, 
can't afford medical aid, so what happens then? Well, my view is that you should subsidize that medical aid because the alternative is that where will they go if they have an operation? So rather put them on the late joint penalty, never mind that they might have a one-year waiting period on a specific condition, but then you are covered. I've had many clients do that to their parents and a heart attack's happened, et cetera, et cetera, and they've been given the best health care that you can get on a private medical aid. So it's an option. So uh, despite, let's say, inflationary increases in your medical aid membership, if you've stayed with the same company, Discovery, through your whole life, you are now at retirement age, are you likely to see above inflationary um, increases in your medical aid monthlies? Yes. But everyone's increase is the same. same. They don't discriminate against... So that's what I'm saying. It's not as you it's get older, they, they go, it's he's going to be sick, we're going to have no. to again pay more. That's no. why the pool... That's what Bron was saying. The pool of money is subsidised from the young to the old. Right. Everybody pays the same. There's no age or demographic or nothing that plays into it. It's like the opposite of car insurance because uh, yes. all the kids are crashing their cars <laughs> yes, and yes. Yes. older people aren't. Yeah. No, Correct. exactly. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Medical aid is very important, especially to ensure that you have the best private health care that you can yeah. get in South Africa. And I think just to Craig's point, so what he was saying is um, if you – your parents aren't on a medical aid, rather put them on. Yes, there's a 12-month condition specific, but a, P- a heart attack would fall as a PMB if they had no previous like symptoms of that, right? And yeah. then they could be covered True. even within that See, or in a car accident. So in COVID, I remember I was struggling for money because obviously I couldn't go touring or anything like that. And I remember letting my medical aid slip a couple of months and my mom, I told her about it and she went, you can't do that. You can't just stop it and then start it again. They're going to make you wait. Yeah. Oh, Um, and just to that point. And they allowed me to pay off those two months instantly and then I could continue. Yeah. Yeah. And just on on that point, um, when your break in membership is longer than three months, then you have the three and 12 months. And I was close. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's also quite important to note is that three-month break. So say, for example, you leave a company and you have one month where you have no medical aid, but then you go back in month two on that, then they won't necessarily um, apply the three- or 12-month waiting period because your break wasn't longer than three months. Interesting. But if you were with Discovery and now you want to go to Bonitas, then that could be a completely different thing. Yeah, so you're t- yeah. if you stay with the same um, medical aid supplier effectively. Yeah. And also it insurer. is um, based... Yeah. Case by case? Sort of. So out of curiosity then, let's say I go on tour every year for two months a year. Could I take a break with my medical aid? No. No. I wouldn't accept that. No. And you would be covered covered. because it's two months because it's not over the 90 days. 90 days. Yeah. Okay, so you'd be covered there. But if you go for four months. Yes. Um, My auntie got into this problem. Yes. Yeah, she she was um, stuck in Australia because she got very sick visiting family and I think she went over the three months and there was a big problem where they basically said, we're not paying for your bills anymore. Yeah. Um, and they had to come to some sort of an arrangement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's the thing. There's potentially sometimes arrangements, but mm. sometimes not, but just well, be as mindful a, as like possible. They're on the highest level of discovery that they could be on. Okay. And I think discovery, once they actually took it as a case basis mm. and had a chat and they said, well, well, we'll put this much out, but you need to cover the rest now because actually in our terms and conditions, mm. you are the one breaking the rules, but we understand why because you can't fly home. Yeah. 
But the late joiner penalties and the waiting periods protect the fund for all of us, and that's yeah. a that's a positive aspect. Very interesting. Awesome I don't know about any of this. There we go. Something every new every time, day. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, Warren. Thanks, Craig. Great. Have a great day. Thank you, Be guys. Well. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, would like to subscribe. Please visit our website www.growthfp.co.za. The information we have provided in this podcast is our personal opinion. For more detailed information, please discuss your financial situation with a financial planner.